Hello, hello. I'm just trying a few different hellos while I get my script up because I like sounding a bit like um, uh, Fergie. <clears throat> I like sounding like Fergie in the Windsors. <sighs> hello, I'm Tina Sederholm. Welcome to This Is Not Therapy, a podcast for people who like to find the marvellous in the mundane. Hello, it's Tina again with Series 3, Episode 2 of This Is Not Therapy, which is called Winners Never Quit and Quitters Never Win. But why, I imagine you cry, what an odd title, even for you, Tina. Well, dear listener, for the next few episodes, I've decided to take some popular and common bits of life advice, the sort of thing you might see in a motivational meme, and see if they stand up under scrutiny. I think I've always been a tiny bit obsessed with pithy quotes, because you know how little kids like collecting things? Stamps, model trains, butterfly clips. Yeah, I collected proverbs. I loved lines like, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Hmm, wonder what that means. And a rolling stone gathers no moss. When I was eight, my grandfather typed out several pages of proverbs for me on his clackety-clack manual typewriter. I also had an orange faux-leather notebook with autographs embossed on it in gold. When I asked for a person's autograph, and I asked everybody, I would also ask if they would add a saying or proverb. I'd got the idea from Laura Ingalls Wilder in Little House on the Prairie, who did something similar collecting quotes from her friends when she was leaving school. My father was fond of lobbing quotes at his students too. His favourite was that the key to riding a horse was to ride in balance forward with rhythm. He made that one up himself. If you're horsey, it does make sense in a sort of swinglish kind of way. It's, well, whatever you want to do with the horse. First, you have to balance him up and then you ride forward to provide the power, but not in a rushed way, in a rhythmic way. OK, I know that probably means nothing to you, but it obviously made an impression on people because I still get it quoted back to me 20 years after he retired. And one of his former students even has that phrase tattooed on her wrist. Dad didn't always get his sayings right, though. He was infamous for mixing things up like, um, now we've really got some sails in our wind. And it doesn't make one Toyota of difference what you say, Tina. I've never lost my obsession with motivational sayings and pithy life advice. And winners never quit, quitters never win is typical of the sort of quotes you will find everywhere from business handbooks to self-help and sports psychology tomes. At their best, motivational sayings can give you a rush of hope or an insight that unlocks a conundrum for you, like a magic spell. Like a great line in a poem, they can make you go, oh. But what I've found over the years is that some of these sayings have also turned out to be inspirational black holes. Instead of motivating me, I've read them and then I've just felt like giving up or even... Well, despair. 
So that's why I thought I'd investigate some of the popular, supposedly helpful pieces of advice that are floating around out there and see if they really stand up to scrutiny. And the one I'm going to begin with is winners never quit and quitters never win. What motivational statements get most up your nose? I posed this question on Facebook and my friend Rick came back immediately with winners never quit, quitters never win. Winners never quit, quitters never win. As soon as I read that, I immediately flashed back to my childhood, growing up amongst three-day event riders. Not any old three-day event riders either. These were riders who were trained by my dad to compete at Olympic and world championship level. Three-day eventers are tough mofos. As they get older, they become leathered of skin, sinewy of limb, like an old oak tree, but more flexible. (laughs) And that's just the women. Three-day eventers have to be physically and mentally resilient able to gallop across country over solid timber and tricky terrain at 25 miles an hour, knowing that if they or the horse make a mistake, they're going to hit the ground hard. Both they and the horses have to put in thousands of hours of training, not just to be fit, but to be clever and athletic, brave and full of endurance. It's almost gladiatorial in nature. Which is why... I used to hear things like winners never quit and quitters never win a lot when I was growing up. And you've got to admit, it sounds good. Go on, say it. Winners never quit, quitters never win. Makes me feel like Spartacus. A well-oiled, uber-muscled body, leather skirt, sword in one hand, shield in the other. My very existence and survival at stake with every move. Seriously, doesn't that saying just inspire you to keep going no matter what? To push on through despite the pain, despite the injury, despite the cost. You know, like um, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I'm getting an erection just thinking about it. And it's not just the sentiment that makes one gird one's loins. There's something deeply pleasurable about the formation of the sentence itself. That's because these sayings, winners never quit, quitters never win, and when the going gets tough, the tough get going, they're examples of anti-mibob, anti-metabolism, anti-metabol, in other words, anti-metabolism. Anti-metabolase. In other words, the repetition of words in successive clauses, but in a transposed order. The balance, the reflection in that pattern is pleasing to the ear, satisfying in its pithy completeness. It will not surprise you to discover that both these sayings have their origins in American football. Winners Never Quit and Quitters Never Win is widely attributed to the legendary American football coach Vince Lombardi. Lombardi was famous for taking failing football teams like the Green Bay Packers and turning them into winning machines. 
Now, I don't think I'm being unfair when I say that American football is one of the most macho of all sports. The National Library of Medicine estimates that in America alone, there are 1.2 million football-related injuries annually. Of course, a, a good proportion of these are fully recoverable from, sprains and so on. But other injuries are so significant that 40% of the players' careers are brought to a premature end, with nearly 75% of those having injuries that significantly impact the rest of their lives. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? That possibly quitting a little sooner in certain situations might have helped? I don't mean giving up the sport completely, I mean, not carrying that ethos so deep in their hearts that when they felt an injury coming on, they maybe said, oh, I should take it easy for a week or two. Not just strap it up and keep going. But when you're in a pressure cooker situation, that's not easy to do. Imagine you've put in thousands of hours of training, got up at stupid o'clock more times than you've said, oh, just a protein shake for me, sacrificed friendships, holidays, a social life. The last thing you want to do is give up. Plus, your coach is saying winners never quit and quitters never win. And besides, who wants to be known as a quitter? Not me. What about those of us who are not in an ultra-competitive macho sport, but maybe just trying to do our job well, write a book, or potty train a dog or small human? What effect does buying into a saying like winners never quit and quitters never win have on us? Does it perhaps make us push on much longer and harder than we should have done? Cause us to stay in toxic jobs or relationships for much longer than is good for us? Or does it cause us to do actual physical and mental harm to ourselves and our loved ones? Could it be that knowing when to quit is actually an important and life-saving skill? I see this in dog training all the time. I can't tell you the number of times I've asked a dog to sit or wait. And they've done it really well three times in a row. And then in my overambitious way, oh, I think, oh, just one more time. <laughs> and I do. And they go a bit glassy eyed on me and they don't respond or they sit down a bit slower, resentfully. They got it. but They've had enough. And I didn't notice. I should have quit while I was ahead. Oh, wait. Isn't there a song about that? You gotta know when to hold, no, when to fold, no, when to walk away, no, when to run. Oh, God. That's Kenny Rogers and the gambler. Who knew he would provide the nuance for this argument? Look, it's pithy and satisfying, but winners never quit is a threat. Let's not forget that it is applied to a highly competitive finite situation. It's not meant for everyday life. If you never quit, you never take a break and let yourself recover, you're going to snap faster than an American football player's cruciate ligament. So 
how does one know when to keep pushing and when to quit? <sighs> well, I don't know. I am really the worst person to ask. I have pushed myself way past the limits of what was good for me, both when riding horses, as a performer, a writer, as a friend. Oh, I've done that way too many times. The best I can offer is that it is trial and error. I've had to learn what my signs are that it's time to back off and sit down so I catch myself before I do too much damage. <sighs> Some of my signs include, oh, let me see, um, eating too many biscuits too fast. Yep, that's a good one. A spasm in my neck and jaw. Oh, a nagging anxiety that I should keep pushing on. That I'm just being lazy. If that thought starts coming in my head, hmm, that's a good sign that I need to take a breather. When I'm not sure whether I am genuinely tired or I'm just a bit resistant and I'm procrastinating, what I currently do is push forward a bit and then stop and check in with my body. Sometimes I'll forget that and I'll do a bit too much and and sometimes I let myself off the hook and find I could have done a bit more. Big deal. It's all just feedback, isn't it? Because I'm not saying there isn't value in pushing yourself in certain situations. Ask any personal trainer, and I did, my sister Annalisa. And they will say that if you want to make a healthy muscle stronger, you need to push it just over its limit and then give it time to recover. A personal trainer will ask you to do one, two, three more repetitions of an exercise that will actually break down the muscle fibre a bit. But then you stop. Because here's the interesting part. The muscle doesn't improve from the exercise necessarily. The improvement in strength and tone happens whilst the muscle is resting and recovering. That's when the muscle mends and grows, but a bit stronger. That's when the magic happens. Here's what I do know. Winning. Oh, it's brilliant. But if you aren't careful, it comes at a great cost. And there's an art in knowing when to quit. When I was a teenager, my favourite national hunt jockey was John Frankham. He was leading jockey seven years in a row. But more importantly to me, he was, as many commentators said at the time, poetry on horseback. He had this connection with his horses, which was almost indefinable. But on April the 9th, 1985, he had a fall in a race at Chepstow off a horse called the Reject. He came back into the jockey's changing room and said, that's it. He was booked to ride a couple more horses at that meeting, but he hung his boots up that moment and never looked back. I couldn't believe it. He was John Frankham. He was a legend. He couldn't give up. But he knew himself better than I did. Later on, he said that his head wasn't in the right place to race anymore. He went on to have a fantastic career commentating and speaking all over the world. Frankham knew when to quit. And that quit was a win. So that 
was Winners Never Quit and Quitters Never Win. If you like, you could let me know what motivational saying really gets up your nose. And you never know, I might make a podcast episode out of it. Until next time. Hi, Tina again. Thanks for listening to This Is Not Therapy. All the books and resources mentioned in the podcast are listed in the show notes, where you can also sign up to my monthly newsletter. If you want to book me for a talk or show, or even buy a book, please go to www.tinasetterhome.com. And finally, don't forget to subscribe! It is a boom, 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 boom. Ugh. Sit down, squeaky chair. Sit down, squeaky chair. Sit down, squeaky chair. Sit down, squeaky chair.